0: Welcome everybody, my name is Pav Bryan, I'm Performance Director and Co-Founder here at Spokes and you are listening to Bespoke, the Cycling and Triathlon Training Podcast. Now I'm delighted to be welcoming back to uh, to the podcast a man who I hold in high uh, regards as uh, uh, as he coaches uh, my mental fitness. Uh, he's also Spokes Mental Fitness Advisor and works with uh, uh, Team Evo Pro and uh, uh, Alan Heary, how are you, my friend?
1: Oh, it's great to be
0: here, pal. Fantastic to have you back. So why don't we, uh, for the listeners, if you've not heard uh, the previous podcast, first of all, you should go and check that out right after this one. Uh, but Alan, why don't you give us a, a little bit of the lowdown on who you are and uh, uh, and uh, why you uh, why I hold you in such high esteem?
1: <laughs> well, you might answer uh, the way well, you hold me in that Irish thing. But uh, okay, so my, my background is in um, sports science. So I have a degree in sports science. I've been involved in the fitness industry since 1989, um, which is not yesterday. Uh, but I specialize in the psychological area, the mental fitness coaching. I'm fascinated by how we can improve by performance by improving the components of mental fitness. And I've been doing this for many years with um, all different sports, professional boxers, golfers, uh, and, of course, professional cyclists. And then uh, amateur cyclists as well, uh, guys who were taking on the first sport team for want to ride the first 100 miles, right the way up to doing events like Race Across America, which I've actually taken part in uh, myself, and uh, completed there as part of an eight-person team. And we did Race Across America at the time when, when I competed as part of an eight-person as a self-supported where normally in these events you would have a a crew of drivers and navigators and your chef and your massage therapist and your physios, which would have been amazing. Uh, But we actually just did it with eight of us, um, self-supported as well. And then I run one of the toughest uh, bike races in the world called the Race Around Ireland, which is a 2,200-kilometer nonstop cycle race around the whole country um, of Ireland. And we give the solo riders five days to complete that and teams would normally do it in about three and a half so they go 24 hours a day so yeah so that's kind of my background Uh, fairly quickly on that
0: that was fairly quickly Um, (laughs) it's It's uh yeah no I mean you you're you're doing very well I've got to say you, you're underselling yourself here a little bit because you've worked with um, <laughs> you work with a, a great team great professional team and um and a lot of very very high profile athletes across many many sports and uh, one of the things that you specialize in which is today's topic uh, and you have a program which we we do sell on the the spokes store at the moment is uh is about uh, the zone mm. going into the zone mm. um so yeah. let's jump in and let's talk about what that is.
1: Okay. So the zone uh, or flow state, so they're basically interchangeable. Those two words are pretty much the same. And flow comes from, I think it was 1975, uh, the positive psychologist, Mihai Mihaly Mihai was the first guy to to call it the zone. But of course, the zone or the flow state have been there for many years. And for the flow state or the zone, which we aim to get into, is that moment where everything just disappears into the background. You become so absorbed in what you're doing that time passes. and you know Everything is just so easy to you. It just feels like the pedals are going around almost on their own. And that's what we're always aiming for with that flow state. Um, so that's probably the easiest way to describe it. I think most people have had it. And you will hear some athletes saying, oh, you might only get it once or twice in your career, in your lifetime. That's not necessarily true. Because I work with athletes all the time who uh, consistently get to some level of a flow state where they're able to compete. And as I say, everything else just disappears into the background and becomes so absorbed in what they're doing that the performance is exactly where we need it to be at that moment.
0: Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, as an athlete, I can tell you that, yeah, it is incredibly important to get there isn't it it really is it's like it you, the difference it, between your performance can be can be quite astonishing especially when you're not over analyzing or overthinking stuff by uh and hurting yourself
1: i think one of the issues though sometimes is people see it as something way out there that will only come it magically comes maybe once or twice a season or a year or maybe a lifetime Well, that's actually not necessarily the case we can learn to do this it is a skill and so that's what I teach, is the basics of how we can get to uh, creating that zone state or that flow. Um, so it is definitely something that we can train in the same way that I, would, I come to you, you know, for anybody that doesn't realize, you're you're actually coaching me at the moment, and I've been following your winter training plan for a while now, which I'm doing really well on, by the way, seven kilos lost, and my performance has gone way up, but anyway, leaving all that aside. <laughs> um, what we, What you do with me is we look to see what my strengths and weaknesses are on the bike, and then you design the training plan around that. So you have certain components that we're looking on, like strength and speed. And we might work with flexibility, so suppleness, the stamina or the endurance, and then the skill of cycling. So we look at developing those physical characteristics. But in mental side or in the psychological side, there are also the components of confidence and concentration commitment and control and courage so we look at the five c's on that and in the same way that you design a training plan for me that says okay we're going to work on your strength here i need you to do this exercise uh, twice a week at a certain time Uh, we can look at your mental um, fitness as well and say okay let's work on your concentration level here's an exercise that i want you to do and practice this for me Uh, over the next few weeks and so we can develop both the physical and the mental and what's happened up to now I think is there's been a disconnect sometimes between uh, the physical and the mental so you have athletes who are saying mental fitness or that mental strength or toughness is so important but they don't actually work on it and I, I firmly believe that one of the reasons why they don't work on it is because they're not sure of how to integrate it so my goal is to teach my athletes how you can integrate the exercises that I give you into the exercises that you provide. So in other words, if you tell me that I need to ride um, a certain intensity on the bike, well, what can I do from a mental perspective to get the best out of that? And so that's where I come in. So it's, it's hugely into the integration. And then, of course, the other side is the simplicity of it. Um, I simplify things as much as possible because, well, basically because that's where I come from. I, I have to simplify things as much as possible for me. Uh, but I try to simplify it down where uh, it's easy for us to understand, easy for us to get it in on a weekly basis, and easy for us to improve. And that's, that's really the goal of what I look to do. That's
0: awesome. And so, are we saying then that the goal is to be sort of in in, in some sort of the zone or in flow uh, for every session or um, every training session and race that you do?
1: I wouldn't say for every training session, but certainly it's nice to have it there for big performances. Um, so, but it, it does take training in the same way that you know you're doing your the training sessions for me in the physical side. And then when it comes to the actual um, race um, that I'm doing or the event that I'm doing, obviously the training has led up to that. And you would be giving me very specific things to do to make sure that I can accomplish that within the race or within the event. And so it's the same um, in the same as the, the psychological end. So what happens sometimes is you might get an athlete that will call me and say, "Okay, I, I know we've never worked together, but I have a big event on on Sunday, and this is Friday evening." Big event on Sunday. What can I possibly do to to get myself mentally ready? And there's a couple of things you can do, but it would be far better if we had some training leading up to that. So, you know, to how you can bring that across. But you can certainly train yourself uh, to create that flow state a lot more often yeah yeah
0: absolutely and i I, like i say i've 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 been trying out your your program for a number of months now and i i can really really rate it so um i guess let's let's move on a little bit let's talk about um we've talked a bit about the importance um Taxes, but what are the benefits have you got some like actual uh real right life uh, experiences in terms of maybe you you could drop some names about who's uh who you've worked with who have uh done well based on um sort of that being able to to train to to get in the zone a bit more
1: okay well let's look at a couple of different sports so the first world champion i ever worked with uh, was a guy called steve collins and so back in the days, so it was what late 90s 97 98 um he beats uh probably the, the best boxer in the world at the time was a guy called chris eubank i would have worked with him for uh, the fights against nigel bain and his last three fights and so the goal with the boxer is to make sure that he's in the dressing room he's preparing to go out to the to the fight so we need to make sure that he's focused on what he needs to do we're controlling the anxiety level once we have that a lot of times what can happen in, in in an event is you have that moment where fear almost comes in or the uncertainty or there's a lack of trust or you have those doubts the goal for me is to make sure that by the time he steps out And that music is blaring and the crowd are going absolutely wild that the only thing he's focused on at that moment is what he can control and what he is doing. And so that was the first world champion I'd worked with. So to to actually work in the ring um, with a boxer um, is, is an incredible experience. And I don't know if you've ever watched any of the movies like Creed, for example, the latest boxing movie. Creed is probably the closest I've seen from a boxing movie that gets to... Uh, what it's almost like to be behind the scenes and uh, to to work on that. But then we take that and we can apply it over to other sports. And so when you apply it over to cycling, so this year, as you say, I worked with the likes of Vivo Pro. So you've got uh, guys who, I mean, if you look at it, uh, Walter Whippert, who's just, um, he's just finished his career um, now. Uh, you look at him, he's like had 200 professional wins. So for for these type of uh, athletes at that level, we need to make sure again that by the time they get to the start line, they're focused on what they need to do. They're very clear on their goals. And so um, they're the type of guys we do. Ryan Mullen is another example. Uh, so anybody who would know, know Ryan from being a professional cyclist, uh, I, I always – create visualization sessions. So uh, I literally, when I work with an individual, I'll I'll talk to you, but I'll actually record the visualization session and give it to you to go away. In fact, I have some products for cycling to improve time trialing and to improve road cycling and the confidence in that because I think visualization is so important. And it's interesting sometimes that you – I've heard one time a commentator talking about uh, one of the cyclists I was working with, and uh, it was on Eurosport, and the guy's warming up before his time trial, and he's on the bike, and he's got the headphones in, and he's got his eyes closed, and he's riding along. And the commentator said, oh, I wonder what music he's listening to. Well, he's not listening to music. He's actually listening to the audio program that we designed for him, which is basically the visualization of what he wants to accomplish within that race uh, there and then. And so, yeah, I've been extremely lucky uh, to be able to work with uh, people at such a high level. But then again, you know, you, you, I get just as much of a kick. Uh, There's somebody who comes to me and says, I completed my first 100 miles. I can't believe that I was able to complete uh, that sportif." And so it, it varies a lot for me, which is fantastic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, from a coaching point of view as well, I I love working with uh, all abilities, and there's something very sort of special and unique about uh, even your, your sort of average Joe who's uh, mm. uh, who trained and uh, just uh, uh, done their first century or sportive. So yeah, I, I completely, completely emphasise with that man. Um, so you gave us a little bit of an idea there about the the sort of se- some of the techniques at which uh, can be used to uh, use theirs the visualise visualization. Um, obviously, the understanding is is that it's not something that you can just do. It takes months of training and um, and that sort of uh, to to get you to that place. But but what what other techniques well, can can be used?
1: Well, just on that, it takes months. It, it can take months. But let me just uh, give you a demonstrate or uh, an example um, working with within motorsport. Uh, one of the top uh, motor racing uh, women we have in the country at the moment, uh, Nicole Drought. I started working with Nicole last year uh, to help her improve our motor racing. And uh, the first time we ever did some visualization, it was about a race that she had coming up. Uh, it was a, a rally uh, that she had coming up, and we, we did a visualization. So she told me what she wanted to do. We, we programmed her mind with that. And uh, she called me up after the race and went, I have absolutely no idea what happened. The moment we were told to go, everything just disappeared into the background. And she became so focused. So even that was just one session of visualization on that. So there's, there's many different techniques we can use. Now, just to kind of give you an idea of the overall thing. So in order to get into the zone, um, my, my goal is to work with people on courage and commitment, let's say. So motivation is really important. But the planning and preparation, just that alone, like in order to get into the zone, we know there are certain things you must have in order to get into the zone. The first is very clear goals. You have to be very clear about what it is that you want to accomplish. Uh, the next is that uh, those goals should match your skill level. So you should be challenged. In other words, if it's too easy, you actually don't perform that well. But just like that, if it's too hard, then you won't perform to your optimum level either. Uh, there should be a, a, there's a merging of the action and the awareness around you to so you become extremely focused Uh, on what you're doing. You're getting immediate feedback on on what you're doing as well. The other thing as well is concentration. You have to be able to focus on what you're doing. So concentration on the task. And then there has to be a level of trust. So if we like, for me, um, if I create this pyramid on the the very bottom, I'm looking to um, increase your courage, commitment, and, and if you like, motivation. The next thing is looking at your planning and preparation. The next level on that is developing your trust or your confidence. Because when you go into an event with confidence or with that trust in your ability, then that can really enhance what you're doing. The next level is optimum arousal. So how do you actually control your anxiety level going in? Because everybody is going to feel some level of nervousness going in. And we have to make sure if we look at the scale of arousal, we need to make sure that you're somewhere in the center. In other words, if if it's too easy for you and there's no arousal level, then you get bored and you don't actually compete at the highest level. Having said that, if the anxiety is too high and you can't control it, then your performance also drops. So we have to be careful of that. The next one after that is focus. So I teach people how to use concentration or how to do concentration, uh, become more focused. And then all of those together, they all lead to to where you get into the zone. But probably the the, the most, uh, I won't say the most important, because they're actually all important, But one of the things that can happen sometimes is we lose concentration when, or or we break concentration when we're not supposed to. And uh, so explaining how to get focused to somebody is actually uh, one of the best things we can do.
0: Absolutely. Now, that's uh, really interesting. And uh, just for the listeners, I'm trying to get an idea of uh, you've given us the the sort of – uh, methodology there what are the logistics behind that how do you how would you build that into somebody who maybe let's just take like a, a century rider we, that knows their goals and everything what was the what's the kind of thing that you tell them in order to actually help them maybe sort of progress from uh, from sort of like a, not really understanding what the, the the flow what flow is but to then actually achieving that and being in there
1: well, you don't need to be in flow for, like if you're going out and you're riding your bike for a full uh, 100 miles, say you're doing your first 100 miles, you probably don't need to be in that flow state for the whole thing. However, it is helpful to be in that flow state if you're climbing up a mountain or you've got a particular difficult section uh, to get through. So it's important to be able to get through on that. And when you say to me that um, you know people have their goals, quite often I sit down with people and they have their outcome. They, they know what it is that they, they want to achieve, but we break it down Uh, much more than that so um, in terms of not just looking at the outcome but what are you going to put in place what planning are you going to put in place before you start I know it sounds a bit crazy but even simple little thing before you get to an event like writing down a list of everything that you need to bring with you before you get there uh, can make a massive difference to the impact um, of uh, your sportive to get into the flow state then when you're actually riding the bike to get into the flow state, being clear about what you want to do, as I say, and then focusing on the task, whether that task is you're climbing a, a mountain, you want to focus on pedal stroke, for example, or even on your breathing. To focus on what you're doing at that moment and to become absorbed in what you're doing at that moment, that helps to you to create the flow state. That's basically what we're, what we're looking to do. Um, But, uh, you know, each individual is slightly different as well as in the same way that I come to you and I say, right, I want to improve my cycling. And you look at the strength, the speed, the stamina and the skill. I will look at the different components that you might have as well. And we'll aim to develop um, some of those components to make it better at at that point coming in, you know.
0: Absolutely. That's great. No, I, I really, I really get it. I am trying to, I try to think it's, it's really funny because I'm trying to access a point in my memory where I can definitively say I've been in, in the zone. And actually I'm really struggling to do that, but I know that I have oh. because, because no, no, I, do you,
1: I, no, here's the thing. Sorry. Sorry, Pav. The reason why you're struggling to remember a time where you are in the zone is because quite often when we're in the zone, we can't remember what it was like, or we can't remember that we were even in there. So you take that motor racer that I was talking about, Nicole, she'll say afterwards, she said, I-, I drove the car, but I actually don't remember driving. It was like I was looking at myself driving, but not actually in doing the, the, the action. So quite often when we're in the flow state or when we've gone through that flow state, it's very difficult for us actually to remember it because when, if we're conscious about it, that's not a flow state. So this is a, above consciousness. Yeah, when, that, become, that when makes, we're actually <laughs> working at a non-conscious or subconscious level. level. Yeah. Makes yeah. a lot so of that's, sense. That's why you might not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so unless you actually write down sometimes that, oh, wow, this, this I felt great at this moment. And that's why, I, you know, we talk about deintegration. So if you're talking about uh, going into to do your training session now, my role is really to help you pick an exercise that you're going to practice uh, during that that can kind of help you get into the flow and that could be as simple as just self-talk what you actually say to yourself has a massive impact on your on your training uh, and your your competitions obviously awesome no that
0: make, it makes a lot of sense now uh, I'm, I'm actually uh, especially very interested to try and maybe from a personal point of view to try and make sure I note down when when I've after I've sort of come out of that flow uh, next time in my training so that I can so I could have some, some of that because I have no doubt that I do it all the time, um, given, given that I come from a background in, in time trial. And one of the things that I learned in my, my best season was that to 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 not allow that anxiety or to to really be prepared to have that clear that clear mindset going into it their clear like uh goal and the and the outcome uh, and everything like that and i uh, and i remember doing very well once i managed to to figure that one out so uh, if only i'd met you so many years before alan i might have had a much more successful cycling career
1: <laughs> I, oh, I, I tell you what it is pop i think it's more to do with consistency so some Uh, athletes come to me and they say "You know, I'd love to be able to to concentrate my concentration, I tend to lose it now I mentioned losing concentration and breaking concentration earlier on, I actually don't think that's you you don't break concentration, you don't ever lose concentration, Uh, I can explain that another time, but um, what we're looking to do is to get that flow state more consistent that's really what we're looking for is the consistency of the, the mental preparation going into it and so a lot of the time i just sit down with an athlete and go, tell me about your best performances. So if I want to create that flow state for you and, you know, you mentioned your time trials. I'll talk to you about that. Andrew. Tell me about it. What was it like? You know, Were you very clear about your goals at the start? What did you do in the preparation leading up to it? What are the thought processes that you normally use? What was your routine? Because I think routines are actually really important. The more we have a strong routine going into an event, the more likely we are to get into that unconscious action rather than everything conscious. And so when we discuss that, Um, and even down to the triggers that you use at that point that's what can actually improve performance and so there will be things that you don't even realize you do but I can guarantee you if I sit down with you and go through your best performances you go oh yeah I used to do this and I'll say well why because it made me feel good and why aren't we doing that right now (laughs) and so we we start to introduce some of the things that you did back in. Remember it's all about consistency Uh, people have tended to compete at a really good level at least once or twice in their life where they just went, oh, that was amazing. If only I could get that again. Well, my job is really to sit down with you and show you how you can get that over and over again. Oh, well, you know, as many times as possible
0: yeah absolutely now that you, you touch on one thing i 've got two i 've got two scenarios I want to play out with you just before we we finish the, the podcast with uh, your top five tips on on this subject um, two i think that that we 're probably going to uh, our listeners are going to relate to so we start with the first one let 's just say that you 've done all of this preparation um, and uh, and you you've managed to achieve flow. You're in the zone, and uh, and then something happens which jolts you out of it really quickly, really like horrifically, not horrifically, but maybe like suddenly, shockingly. So maybe that is that you um, you get caught in a time trial, and the the rider it comes across your front wheel really quickly, or maybe a close pass by a car, and. So basically, my point is you kind of get thrown out of flow really quickly. Now, what what would be the best way or is there a technique or or something to, I guess, first calm yourself down a little bit um, and then to sort of slip back in?
1: Okay, so what we're really talking about here are triggers or anchors, things that can bring us back into a state of mind. And the state of mind you're looking for is to get back into that flow state. Probably the easiest way to do this, sorry, there's a couple of little things you'll see. With some of the pro cyclists that I, I might be working with, they might have a little yellow dot or red dot somewhere on the bike. They might have a couple of words um, on the handlebars to remind them to focus on their breathing or to focus on their, their legs or, or on the pedaling, whatever it is. And so sometimes we need to be reminded to go back into that flow state. And so uh, what would happen is, uh, as you're riding along and you're into this flow state and it feels great, if something like, for example, a car just whizzes by you and you suddenly go, oh, and you get out of it, what we're looking for you to do is have something that reminds you to focus again on the task at hand, whether that's your breathing, whether it's your pedaling, and this is different for everybody, but you can kind of tell me what it is that will get you back in. What physical thing can you focus on at that moment to get you back and focused on what you're actually doing at that moment? And so the thing about breathing as well is it's a physiological response. So when we get anxious, um, if a car whizzes by you or you suddenly get caught by a rider, so the emotional starts to come in, we go into what we call the fight or flight. Heart rate increases, breathing rate increases, Muscles start to tense up. And so what we can do is to gain control of that. So you've lost control of the physiology just for a moment. So the fear, the fright has put your heart rate up. Its breathing level has gone up a little bit. And so what we need to do is to be able to grab control of that again. And the quickest way to do that might be to do with your breathing. So you might decide that whenever I feel my concentration is shifted onto something else, in order to bring it back, I focus on my breathing. Or you might tell me from, from now on, whenever my concentration shifts to something else, when I come back, I go back by tensing uh, my upper body and then relaxing it just to get me back into it. And that's what we call the triggers. And that's probably the quickest way for you to actually get back into that flow state again uh, to focus on what you have control on, to focus on what you're doing right there and there.
0: That's awesome. Um, and actually, it's really funny that you say that because um, you, uh, you kind of reminded me, maybe you triggered me a little bit then, is actually uh, at one moment that I did go into flow. And that was uh, in, my, in my first uh, se- season of time trialing when I, uh, I turned up at the, the Kent Cycling Association 12 hour with absolutely no expectations whatsoever, other than to probably quit after four hours if I wasn't doing too well. Um, because i had two races on the next weekend and uh, i remember just focusing on my pedaling and i remember telling people afterwards i said that the whole time for 12 hours all i did was uh allow myself to sort of like think about my the fluidity of the pedaling motion um and i I set a near course record on that day and you know i don't think i'd ridden more than six hours on, on a bike um before that and i yeah. turned up and did 12 hours on a not not great it was a good bike but it wasn't fitted to me great so i remember being in agony um and i remember mm. falling off the bike at the end really really in, in a bad state but i uh, yeah near near to a course record on a on a horrible course wow. on, a, on a very hot day so yeah this this stuff works alan but <laughs> well, so, well, that's what I'm
1: saying. but even this conversation that we're having and you said to me oh well, like i can't really remember any time i was in the zone and then we were just chatting and all of a sudden you go oh my god because what happens is your brain is very clever, and it goes in search of answers. So when you ask it a question, it will go in search of that answer, and it will pop it in, and it will go, well, here you go. So that's why you actually have to be very careful of the questions you ask. If you ask stupid questions, you do get stupid answers. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you have to be careful of that. But that will just show you what I mean about – Uh, Focus on what you have control over, so the pedal stroke, for example, and that allows you to get back into what you're doing. And sports is all about rhythm. That's the one thing, you know, people don't realize. It's all about rhythm. No matter what you're doing, it's about rhythm. And so once you get back into that rhythm, uh, then it's almost like into a hypnotic state or a flow state. And that's what we're trying to create all the time. So that for you, then, if that's what you uh, for work for you, then that's what I would be suggesting that um, we have a little dot somewhere on the handlebar or something that reminds you to go back and focus on that. That any time your concentration switches from what you're doing to something else that you have this thing that reminds you to do the basic stuff, what you can control at that moment. And for you, it's the pedaling. For other people, it's not the pedaling. For other people, it might be uh, the shoulders or the tension or relax. For other people, it might be the breathing. Mm. Um, for me, when I used to run, I come from an athletics background. And for me, it was all about the breathing. Uh, again, back into that rhythm. So I would always have this breathing thing that went on in my head, like the, And so when I was getting that, I I just I knew that my running was on. It was just my thing. So when I would hear that myself breathing like that, I would go into the flow state and just allowing it to happen, just to to do that. And remember that once you think you're in the flow state, you're no longer in the flow state. Right. That's the other thing. Yeah. Once you think, yeah, it's not a conscious thing. It's an unconscious thing. It's only afterwards when you say, oh, man, I was in the flow state there. Yeah once you're in it, once you think you're in it you're not in it anymore simple
0: so that. <laughs> Catch 22 almost.
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah.
0: Right. scenario, scenario number 2 out. Um okay, yeah. so this one I think that I reckon the majority of our listeners are going to relate to this one. Um so you turn up you're doing again it could be a time trial it could be a road race it could be a crit it could be anything like that. Now you're you have got your ready-made preparation plan and your uh, going into the zone um, method sorted. However, you're going to have other people to deal with here. So how do you manage that uh, in in terms of uh, maybe is there a Tip here, or a something that you could say, or that maybe you've told your athletes before um, to to do that actually makes sure that you can um, employ your uh, uh, your going into the zone method without people kind of coming and saying hi, how you doing, how you feeling, blah blah blah. You know, all of the usual stuff that they mean nice. They mean nice, of mm. course, but actually it's just totally destroying your preparation of getting into the zone.
1: Okay, so there's a couple of little things that I definitely do on this. It's part of your routine. I think it's important that when you do show up for an event that you can go around and you chat to people and there's a little bit of fun. That's really, really important. But I see where you're you're coming from really with this is uh, you get there and you've done that, and now what you really want to do is you've got uh, 10 minutes to go before you start your warm-up or 15 minutes to go before you start your race or your event, and you just want to focus on you right now and having other people coming up and around you at that point is not always great. Um, I tend to go to the loo. I know it sounds mad, but that's what I tend to do. Uh, So it it allows me uh, to go somewhere, get a space. Go get a space, whether it's in your car or a space um, in, in the area that you are, where you can just spend a few minutes with yourself just preparing yourself. But to be honest, a really easy thing to do for me is headphones. I tend to wear headphones when I go to these events, even if there's no music playing just means when somebody comes up to talk to me, I have to pull the thing out and go, "Sorry." And I go, "Oh, no, no, look, you're, you're, you're working away." I go, "Oh okay." And I put the headphones back in, and it just stops that conversation. So if you like, there's a barrier between you and the individual, so you, you have that. If you do get people coming up and talking about uh, things that are distracting, just the weather's terrible today. There are two words that I use all the time whenever I have somebody who comes up and they mean the nicest possible way and they're not trying to put you off at all or uh, mention the toughness of the course or what the weather is like or you know the, the bad thing that's happened to them coming into it. Two words I always use. And those words are, I know. So when somebody comes up to me and says, the weather is awful and I go, yeah, I know. And then I, that just ends that conversation. Um, so that's the easiest way for me to do it. So I always have my athletes say, yeah, I you know, I always, um, you know, see if there's a, an area that they can go on their own to just uh, get focused on that. And then, uh, sometimes what some athletes like to do is to have that trigger word or that, um, trigger thing that they do in order to say, now I'm on. Now I'm ready. So that's that would be my things. That if you have somebody coming up to you and they're chatting to you, create a barrier. That barrier can be the the headphones or find a spot that you can go on your own, um, where you're you're not being disturbed for a few minutes.
0: Absolutely, I think that's that's really really good, and I'm sure there are a lot of our listeners here that relate to that and will use that um, uh, some of those. And I've got to tell you, I was uh, sweating it a little bit when you were repeating that you've got two words that you were <laughs> two words you say because I was like bloody hell, I bet one of them's going to be F and the other one's going to be off.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, no. I know, you,
0: I know you well. I, I know it wasn't going to be that. It wasn't going to be that. All
1: right, buddy, let's do Happy five. Night. Just one last little thing on that thing I know. You have to remember that everything that we use in sport, we can apply directly across the life and to business, especially when it comes to the psychological end. So I work with companies like Microsoft and Heineken, and we do high-performance team development uh, with those type of companies as well. And we literally bring what we do from sport uh, across. And so that thing about the I know, that's something you can use in life. Like there are times when when I wanted to do Race Across America, for example, and there's one particular guy that... Went out going to his bike shop and say, uh, "So I'm going to do a race across America." And he go, "Oh, you're going to get someone killed." And I go, "Yeah, I know. Yeah, but it's, you'll never make that." And I go, "I know. It's impossible to argue with a lad that's agreeing with you." So sometimes, if if you get those negative people who are telling you you can't accomplish something, rather than getting into an argument where you're trying to explain to them why you think you can, just cut it short. It's not worth it. Just go. I know. And as long as you're focused on you, and that's where it should be in the race as well, or in the event that you're doing, when you're focused on you, that gives you a much better opportunity to, to be able to go with that flow state and to get into the zone. And at the end of the day, we're all training and that's what we're looking to do.
0: Absolutely. And uh, yeah, very, very well said there, Al. So let's, uh, let's do top five tips on this subject. Uh, over to you, Al. What would you say your top five uh, tips?
1: Okay, so number one, be very clear about what you want to achieve. Uh, So we know that setting clear goals is really important for us to get into the zone. Uh, Number two, making sure that the goals that we set and what we want to achieve match the skill level that we have. And so it should be challenging enough for you to, to look forward to it. And it shouldn't be too hard that your skill level, you don't have the skill level to perform at it and so it's uh, matching the skill with the challenge Uh, number three we understand that intrinsic motivation really allows us to go into the zone much better so in other words how we feel about something so uh, it's not enough just to set the goal and to set them clear and have a challenge but why do you want to accomplish it is it just a feeling do I love the feeling of going out and just pushing myself on the bike be clear about what it is you want to do next is focus on what you're doing so, like you said about the uh, peddling for you is the peddling, Focus on what you're doing at that moment. Become absorbed in just one action, and you might find that everything else uh, will disappear around. And the last thing is to to focus or to work on your level of confidence, your level of trust. Trust yourself. You have a trust in your ability that you can do this. So, look to improve your uh, your confidence and your trust. Uh, when we have doubts if we doubt ourselves we tend to try really hard um, and when we try hard we create a lot of tension and as a result of that our performance drops and so we get onto the circle of performance dropping we doubt ourselves we try harder uh, uh, we get tense again and a performance drop so we're on that circle what we want to do is uh, teach you how to go from doubt to trust and so when we go across to trust when you trust yourself We go with the flow. When you go with the flow, you're actually thinking, I don't care what happens today. I don't care what the weather is like. I don't care what the course is like. I don't care who turns up. I just know that I have the ability to do this. And so we go with the flow. And when we have that, we create what we call relaxed tension. And when we have that relaxed tension, our performance increases. And what happens when our performance increases? We learn to trust ourselves even more. So there are my five top tips. Set clear goals. Make sure that they're challenging and they match your skill level. Focus on exactly what you're doing. Make sure you know why you're doing it. And then lastly, trust in your ability that you have uh, the ability to do it.
0: Perfect. Love it. Uh, thank you very much, Ellen. On that note, we will. Uh we will call it there for the podcast. So uh, I appreciate you coming back. And with, uh, uh, for the listeners, make sure you subscribe, uh, whatever platform you're on, subscribe, because we'll have Alan uh, back on a, a few more times over the next few months, just to, uh, to give you some more insights into uh, the world of uh, mental fitness uh, in, a, in a sports environment. So Alan, thank you very much.
1: Thanks, Bob. I'm looking forward to it
0: absolutely and listeners thank you we really appreciate uh, you joining us today as I say if you've not subscribed please do already uh, and uh, leave us a review whatever platform you're on uh, I'm sure there is a, a place for you to be able to review either the episode or bespoke podcast and uh, make sure you share it with your friends and if you if you want some more information on this you should join our um, Facebook support group Spokes Performance Training Advice because we regularly have Alan on answering your questions live within that so uh, you can search for that uh, within Facebook for your access so thank Thank you very much everybody my name is Pav Bryan. I'm performance director and co-founder here at Spokes and you have been listening to Bespoked